Yo, it's the Southside's own Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. So Jeff Bennett chased and dropped the 15-yard line. Roquan, the chef, Smith. Roquan Smith, he's the highlight show of this defense. In the ring, steve has got him up. A slam. Jonathan Hood, weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. What's up, what's up, and welcome in. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. With open phone lines for you at 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our telephone number. Hit me up on Twitter, twitter.com, tweetjhood. Also on Snapchat, snapjhood, you follow me on Snapchat, I will follow you back guaranteed. As we broadcast live from our first Midwest Bank Studios. We will hear from Trevor Maddich coming up in about six minutes right here on ESPN 1000. His thoughts on some of the college football storylines as we get closer and closer to week zero of college football this Saturday. And of course, week one taking place on the 31st of August. Glad to have you in today. We'll have uh, Tales from the Hood, stories of sports, entertainment, everything else in between coming up at the bottom of the hour right here on ESPN 1000. And if you're a wrestling fan, in an hour and a half from now, we will give you, my friends, Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. Yep, every Tuesday at 9.30, we give you the best in pro wrestling conversation. No one else is doing it here on the Chicago Sports Radio Landscape. I've got it for you, 9.30, every Tuesday night right here. Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday right here on ESPN 1000. All right, you know, it's 8 o'clock, and it's weeknights, so you know what this means, right? That means that you and I... We talk football because, my friends, this is the summer of football. The summer of football. We're just having fun and we're working, baby. With Jonathan Hood. Come on, baby, let's get it. Let's go now. You fired the first shot. Let's go, man. Drive starts from deep in their own territory. And it's picked off at the 25-yard line. Eddie Jackson. And he'll go in for the touchdown. We're just having fun and we're working, baby. Pressure now on Mahomes. He's in trouble. Now gets it away. Are you? Barkley up the middle, cuts to the outside. Saquon Barkley across midfield. Standard bounds, and Barkley takes it all the way. Summer of football. Lawrence flips it open. Justin Ross, off and running, and 
strengthens its grip on this championship game. Williams in the game for the first time this year for Notre Dame. Takes the handoff and takes off. The summer of football. You got it. Work right here on ESPN 1000. I think we ain't done yet. And the ESPN app. It is the summer of football. Jonathan Hood out of ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. This is the last summer of football for the season for us. <laughs> because we got to move on. The summer is coming to a close, and this will be our last summer of football on this show tonight. We've had a great summer of football again this year, going back to June and uh, doing college and pro and fantasy football. And this is our last summer of football. Uh, the next one we will have will be sometime next June because we have our college football preview coming up on uh, Thursday. So summer football has been good to us, and we're glad that you are with us every night at 8 o'clock to talk football. The idea that football only starts in you know, mid-July or August or September. Now, football is year-round, but we like to celebrate it early with the summer of football. As soon as the summer hits, we like to be able to give you the best in football conversation right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Let me give you a little... Uh, well, first of all, let me get to you the top story, and then I want to get to what Matt Nagy said earlier regarding uh, some of the Bears stories. The top story on ESPN.com, NFL-wise, is something done by the Dallas Cowboys. This is from Todd Archer, who covers the Dallas Cowboys for ESPN.com. He says it wasn't actually a contract extension for Dak Prescott or Ezekiel Elliott or Amari Cooper, but Jalen Smith, a seven-year deal with the Dallas Cowboys. He was signed today, uh, and you know what? It's a, it's a good thing for him that he was able to get locked in. So you think about a massive deal for Jalen Smith. After missing his rookie season, Smith had played 32 straight games with 22 starts and signed a five-year extension worth $64 million. That includes a $35.5 million guaranteed signing bonus, according to Stephen Jones. You, you think about uh, all of the linebackers, right? The inside linebackers. So... C.J. Mosley is paid $51 million. Bobby Wagner is paid 40 Jalen Smith is paid 35.5, and Luke Keekley is at 34.4. So Smith is top three when it comes to inside linebackers in uh, the NFL. So think about Jalen Smith. As I see him on Twitter, at the Jalen Smith. Three and a half years ago, on January 1st, 2016, tears in my eyes, my life changed forever. I embraced the moment. And the coming back from the injury, working his way into position to be able to make this deal, good for him. That I mean, that's perseverance uh, to the max for Smith. So he's already locked in. And again, top three at his field in the NFL. Now to the Bears. Let's talk a little bit about the Bears because we look at, offensively speaking, we've talked so much about Trubisky already, and I'm just waiting for the regular season to start because we may not see Trubisky when it comes to the preseason. There's a He is among a number of quarterbacks that have not even thrown a pass so far, and who knows if he's going to throw one here in the preseason to give kind of wet our beak about what we could see from Trubisky this year. But we'll move on from that and just talk about the weapons for Trubisky and the offense. So Matt Nagy talked about a number of things. He talked about uh, Cordell Patterson as well as Tariq Cohen and how they're adjusters of the offense. We call an adjuster. 
So whether it's him or whether it's uh, Tariq or you know any of our there's we have some the adjusters in our offense they're the ones that move around a little bit and do some things and and so there's some learning volume to it but I think every player is a little bit different and we as coaches have a volume to those guys and you know there we moved 29 around a lot last year and I do feel like there was probably later in the season where we, we probably gave them a little bit too much and mental and when you mentally drain them it pulls them back physically also, Matt Nagy was talking about um, over the next 14 days. I'm like, what is he looking forward to when it comes to Mitch Trubisky the next two weeks? Just the anticipation now. That's probably the biggest key word for, for him as we go is trying to predict when the ball is going to come out. I want his vision within the plays now um, really going exactly where my eyes are going. When I'm standing back there behind him, if I'm looking to the right, he's looking to the right. If I'm looking to the left, he's looking to the left. His answers to me when when he throws the ball somewhere, why did you do that? And if his answer is good, that those are the things I'm looking for. Um, and and I think, you know, we're 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 right there. Uh, but we won't know that until we, we get into the season. So the thoughts from Matt Nagy, the head coach for the Chicago Bears, as we do summer of football with me, Jonathan Hood, on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I'm going to hear from Trevor Maddox in just a moment. Let me just shoehorn in a couple of the NFL notes before we talk to Trev. I, uh, I, I, look at, uh, I look at what is going on with this Bears team. And when you look at this NFC North, and I'm seeing where how everyone's looking in Vegas and trying to figure out, like, are the Bears a favorite? Are the Vikings a favorite? I've been through several columns and and heard a couple of um, podcasts about how many look at the NFC North. The, I, I know for me, I think the Bears are the favorite because there's so many people that have the money out saying the Bears are going to take a step back. And even if they do, say, for instance, it's not 12-4, and four, but it's 10-6. and six. Well, they still could very well make the playoffs. And I think that's something that very well could happen. I think that this football team, especially if they're blessed with good health, I think that this team should be able to be in a position where they could be in the playoffs and make some noise, or make a lot of noise, quite frankly. And so I, uh, I, I look at defensively, and I remember I was talking to Alex Brown. You can go back and listen to our, our show from yesterday. Alex Brown was talking about um, how he thought that the defense took a little bit of a step back from the time that the Bears went to the Super Bowl, and then the next year they were in the 20s. They went from top five to in the 20s because of a change of defensive coordinator. Well, with Chuck Pagano, Chuck Pagano is a former NFL coach. He knows defense. And I look at this Bears defense as a defense that should be as strong as they were last year, based on a personnel. Now, from a scheme standpoint, when you're on that defensive line, does it come out differently? Do you look at the scheme and say, well, that's not what we did last year under Vic Fangio, but why are we doing this here? If there's question marks and you have players not sure exactly why things are happening versus how they did last year, that could be a disconnect. But I just believe that the talent should supersede any coaching change for this Bears team. Whether it's a top five defense, top ten defense, the defense from top to bottom seems pretty strong to me on paper. Again, we'll see how the the season materializes. But I, I, you know, you're blessed with good health. I think that the Bears should be very strong defensively and may carry the load again for the Bears this upcoming season. Summer of football with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We turn to our friend of the program from College Game Day on ESPN Radio. You can hear it every Saturday here on ESPN 1000. We turn to college football expert Trevor Maddich. He's with me, Jonathan Hood, right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Trevor, Jonathan Hood, thanks so much for your time. 
Jonathan, it's great to join you. I, I hear you talk about the Bears. I know we want to talk about college. I will tell you this, that relative to a division rival, Green Bay, they signed a linebacker, Preston Smith, free agent out of the Redskins. As mm-hmm. a pass rushing linebacker, nothing against him personally, but for Bears fans, don't need to worry about him as a pass rusher. So, thought I'd throw <laughs> that out there. Oh, well, that's, 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 well, I'll ask you this, I, because you would know, so this is, this is a great uh, opportunity to, to ask you this question. When you have a unit that is productive and there is a coaching change, whether it's a head coach or a coordinator, and you know your unit is strong, however you believe the terminology is a little bit foreign to you, how much is that an adjustment for a team? Because, as you well know, the Bears' defense is led by Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Fuller. It's a strong defense. But there are many that are concerned that now that Vic Fangio's with Denver and that Chuck Pagano's the new defensive coordinator, that the Bears won't be as good. I believe in the in the defense. What do you think? Well, it depends on to what degree a new defensive coordinator is a moron. Now, taking personalities out of it, mm-hmm. if you've got a defense that's got a lot of people making plays, and you go in and overload them with new terminology, new schemes, new things to think about, to the extent that they have to slow down their athletic ability while they're thinking, then you're a moron. Now, there will be some new things, but ultimately it's the job of the defensive coordinator to take the guys that are your playmakers, put them in a position to play as fast as they possibly can. And that means sometimes you change your terminology to fit them. You alter your scheme to fit what they do best. So it'll be interesting to see how they they mesh those two things in Chicago. Uh, by the way, uh, I've been seeing some of the uh, press conferences from Jay Gruden. There's still no, because I want you to put your Redskins head on first before we talk college. That no, they, they have not named a quarterback yet. Who's Who do you think is the leader in the clubhouse to be quarterback for the Redskins this year? Jonathan, I don't know. Uh, I know Dwayne Haskins, the first-round draft choice out of Ohio State, should not start game one, even if they think he's ready. The reason is he only started 13 games in college. And if they think he's ready and they start him in the opener and find out that he's not, find out that mentally he's still not ready to process all the information that will be dumped on him in a playbook that's you know bigger than the Los Angeles phone book, then they have to bench him. And the worst thing they could do to him is bench him. They'd be better off starting basically Colt McCoy, who knows the offense better than any of the three. Play him until he gets hurt if you want me to go full cynical on you, then put in Case Keenum, who they signed as a free agent, play him until the kid's ready, and then turn it over to Haskins. But right now, all three guys are getting equal reps, which means nobody is getting starters reps. And until somebody steps up and wins the team and wins the job, whoever the starter will be will get not enough reps. And so it's not a good situation in Washington. Well, Trev, I guess it's it's not cynical if it's the truth, right? Because you always speak the truth. I try, yeah. And, and the thing is, sometimes people don't like it. And again, it's not about personalities. Jay Gruden has said, the coach for the Redskins, that he wishes somebody would rise up and seize the starting job. I mean, if we transition it to college, you look at Nick Saban, and he always talks about how when he's got a quarterback competition, which quarterback the team believes in the most is often the one that he'll choose as the starter. And until somebody does that in Washington, then the the coach really, it's hard for him to just flip a coin and say, yeah, okay, then you, right? Because then if it doesn't work out, well, the team is not quite sure the coach knows what he's talking about. 
The safe thing is to play them until somebody wins the team. And the longer that goes in the preseason, the fewer reps that guy's going to have. Trevor Maddich from College Game Day on ESPN Radio, our college football analyst with Jonathan Hood on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. So one of my favorite things when we have our conversations, Trevor, is that you travel from on your own dime usually from uh, from city to city, going to different camps. Uh, tell me about your travels. Uh, what stood out most about your summer? You know, a bunch of things did, Jonathan. It was so much fun this year. It was over 14,000 miles because I had to double back to a couple places to do some tapings that turned into a sports center special, which was really a lot of fun. <laughs> but I think the thing that stood out the most was the buzz at Miami. Their new head coach, Matty Diaz, is a Miami guy. He grew up watching the Hurricanes in the Orange Bowl. And when you walk around campus and walk around the area and just talk to non-football people and ask them what they think about their new coach, they always say the same thing. He has that Miami edge. He gets us. We love him for that. And from a player standpoint, he was the D coordinator for the last couple of years. And he really brought back the attitude of the great Miami defenses of the 80s and the 90s. Now, the talent's still building up. But the attitude of playing with a delicious violence, of getting behind the line and disrupting everything an offense does before they can get started, And then when you get there, you don't just make a tackle. You don't just hit hard. You hit them and make them question their desire to play football. Well, they've got guys like that on this defense, and Manny Diaz turns them loose. And now that he's the head coach, he fired the entire offensive staff. And I think he wants to attack that same way on offense. So the Hurricanes, they're not there. I'm not saying they're back. But I'm saying that there's tremendous buzz in Miami, and this defense will remind you in attitude of the great defenses that we used to watch. Trevor, what about uh, your travels to Norman? Because Oklahoma is very interesting. Many look at Oklahoma as a top-four team, maybe top-five team. What what stood out about the Sooners? You know what, Jonathan? I think a lot of the the big guys in the SEC and the Big Ten, and they all look at Oklahoma as an interesting parlor trick. They have <laughs> Big 12 offense, score a lot of points, yay, and a defense that's essentially heinous. And that's fair over the last couple of years where they've had two consecutive Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks that were squandered in the semifinal of the playoff because the defense, you know, couldn't, couldn't stop anything. Well, I think, my, I think Oklahoma will be one of the surprises of this season because their defense will be better for two reasons, Jonathan. One is that they brought in a new coordinator in Alex Grinch who is putting in a system and an emphasis on takeaways heavy emphasis on takeaways. Last year, the Sooners were one of the worst defenses in the nation in taking the ball away, generating turnovers. And so, you know, I think they've got the, the athletes that people don't realize. That linebacker with Kenneth, Kenneth Murray, defensive line, Neville Gallimore. I mean, guys that would be perfectly at home in the Big Ten or the SEC. And these are good players to work with. But I think the defense will be better because of the new emphasis. But the second thing is because of how the offense will help the defense. The last couple of years, they scored touchdowns so fast that the defense was right back on the field. And in the second half, for all the problems that they had, in other ways, they would wilt. But now, quarterback is Jalen Hurst, the transfer from Alabama. Hurst's arm, according to head coach Lincoln Riley, is good enough to run the air raid offense. But to me, that's not what's interesting. It's what Lincoln Riley did not tell me when I visited there. He did not say 
anything about the quarterback running game, which they couldn't do to any great extent with Murray and Mayfield, because those guys were too small to have a whole lot of zone reads and things like that. But Jalen Hurts is a guy that can give you a full complement of zone read, re-option, quarterback power, all that stuff to go with a terrific one-two punch at running back and have a fantastic running game. Imagine Jalen Hurts, who was a great runner in the SEC, breaking free into the backfield and have Big 12 defensive backs come up and try to tackle, right? Well, they'll be able to grind out longer drives. Probably won't score as many points, but it will complement the defense better, keep them fresher. And I think all told, put together, if this comes together like I think, this Oklahoma team will be a threat not just to get to the playoff, but to get to the final. Trevor, I understand that all conferences can't be at, at the very top, at the tippy top. Every every conference can't be the the SEC or the Big Ten. However, I was disappointed in the Pac-12. Um, I, I just... I, there, there's just no buzz there uh, last year. Um, Half-empty championship game, really really embarrassing for Commissioner Scott. But basketball and, and football, quite frankly, uh, have underachieved. But you did go to Oregon. Is there any optimism for Oregon, and can they come close to a team that is you know, representative of what I think is a very good conference? Well, let's find out, because they open with Auburn. And Auburn's got one of the best defenses in the nation and it's an interesting matchup because Oregon has one of the top three or four offensive lines in the nation. So uh, if they hold up there, then nobody else will seem quite that disruptive in their conference play. So that gives Oregon a chance nationally if they can hold their own. They do have a quarterback, Justin Herbert, senior, that could have been a first-round draft choice last year, came back for his senior year. The problem is their receiving core is really depleted. So that would keep me from having confidence that Oregon can compete in the top four, maybe make it, but then I don't know what they could do. The, the wild card out there to me, not necessarily as a playoff contender, but maybe so, is USC. USC's advantage in recent years hasn't been on the line of scrimmage like it's been in the past. They've had a lot of O-line and D-line go to the NFL. Not so much anymore, but they still have as deep and diverse and fast a group of wide receivers as anybody in the country. And now they have the air raid system that Graham Harrell, a former Texas Tech guy, is operating and uh, as an offensive coordinator. And they will get all of those receivers on the field at the same time. And this, to me, is fascinating how this will work because it's very possible that USC could be what Oklahoma was last year or with a slightly better defense. And that would be an interesting wild card out of the Pac-12. Certainly, it will be a lot of fun to watch. And uh, with a cherry on top, Bo Nix will be the starter for Auburn. So that's even more maybe troublesome for Oregon, right? Yeah, well, he's a, he's a freshman, but he is a coach's son. His mm-hmm. father, Patrick Nix, was a quarterback at Auburn and then, then became his high school football coach. And the reason he won that job is because he has a calm demeanor and he's got a coach's son's perspective on not just what to do with the ball, but why. He grew up at the at the dinner table with his father learning about you know defenses and, and how you distribute the ball and why they the ball should go to a certain spot in a certain situation. Our upper skill players are really, really good. And so as long as the true freshman Bo Nix doesn't doesn't make freshman mistakes and cost them a couple of games early, this Auburn team is a real threat to Georgia and Alabama when they play at Auburn near the end of the season.
Trevor, lastly, I'm just interested in your thoughts on the Big Ten. Um, if I if I look at Ryan Day as the head coach for Ohio State, I think that everyone circles Ohio State, Michigan. But this that's this will tell a great story, won't it, about Ryan Day and that program with Ohio State and Jim Harbaugh. Many here this summer believe that now now that Urban Meyer is gone to to Fox and eventually will coach USC, um, that that eventually uh, that that Michigan can be able to get past. Ohio State. What's your feeling uh, on that matchup in particular? Well, first of all, Jonathan, if Ohio State wins at Michigan this year with a new head coach and a new quarterback, imagine the heat on Harbaugh. Oh, my God. You talk about Kardashian level of drama, <laughs> yeah. even Jersey Shore level of drama. Let's ratchet this up. You know, there's a lot of pressure on Michigan. Having said that, though, I think that Michigan, this is their year. I think Ohio State, there's a couple reasons. I trust Michigan's defense more than Ohio State's. Start there. Mm-hmm. Because even though Michigan lost a ton of guys to the NFL, the guys coming up are, you know, they're really good football players. I think they'll be fine on that side of the ball. Ohio State has nine starters back on defense. And I don't know if that's good or bad. Because last year, in watching tape on them, there were times when they looked like they never played football before in their lives. And they've simplified the defense with, with a new defensive brain trust and coaching staff at the top. And they want them to play faster. Okay, I get that. But I still need to see those guys show better instincts than they showed last year before I'll believe that Ohio State has an advantage over Michigan on the defense, offensively. Uh, Trevor, would you... I trust Michigan more. Mm-hmm. What's that? I'm sorry, Jonathan, go ahead. You broke up a little bit. You were t- saying about Michigan, you like Michigan a little bit more, you said. Yeah, I do. I like on, on offense. I like Michigan. I trust Michigan's quarterback more. I trust their offensive line more. And I think their combination of running backs and wide receivers are, are good enough to compete with Ohio State's combination there. And really, to me, Justin Fields, the Ohio State quarterback, is one of the most interesting storylines in college football, certainly early in the season. He came as a, a transfer from Georgia. And the thing about him is that he came out of high school as a a read option mobile guy into a pro style offense at Georgia, which was a completely different problem in terms of solving problems from the pocket. And when they put him into games last year in Georgia, normally you put your hot shot freshman in for a series, you give him a package, but they didn't do that much with fields. They put him in for a play, like one play and then out. <laughs> and that suggests to me that he wasn't able to assimilate enough of the offense that first year to have a package. Now, he transfers to Ohio State. He'll have an offense much closer to what he ran in high school. You know, and, and keep in mind that Ohio State, JT Barrett, their former quarterback, had one of the greatest careers as a Big Ten quarterback in the history of that conference, even though he wasn't that great of a thrower and he wasn't that fast of a runner because he was a great leader. And I think Ryan Day who wasn't there for J.T. Barrett, but certainly understands how to maximize that kind of guy, will have a guy in fields with a stronger arm and who's a lot more dynamic on the ground. And so the interesting thing will be, were the problems at Georgia assimilating the offense because of the new offense or something else? And so Justin Fields, as he goes, Ohio State will go. Trevor, it's going to be a great season. Uh, week zero starts on the 24th of August, and on the 31st, that's when the bell rings, where we get, really get into college football. So I'm glad we were able to connect, and I hope to talk to you in season. 
I hope so, Jonathan. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. It's Trevor Maddich, College Game Day, right here on ESPN 1000 in the season. Of course, college football expert. You can watch him on uh, College Game Day, as a matter of fact. Some of his pieces where he went from Alabama to Oregon to Oklahoma, Miami, uh, that was all on College Football Live. I love that he spends his own dime, travels across, and gives us information uh, about some of these teams because he's right there on the field talking to the coaches. Really kind of cool. All right. uh, We will have Tales from the Hood right around the corner, but let me tell you a little bit about Illinois Media school i want you to go to this website it's beonair.com that's beonair.com for illinois media school or call the number 630-916-1700 630-916-1700 for illinois media school so you have to understand that illinois media school is a place that i love to mentor uh the next generation of broadcasters i've been doing this for well over 25 years and i love being able to give back to the students because it's not about me. It is on this show, but it's not about me. It's really about the next generation of broadcast students. So think about this. It's a broadcasting school that has media professionals like myself working in the industry, TV personalities, vloggers, influencers. They've all come out of Illinois Media School. So you can be able to graduate from Illinois Media School and lose eight months financial aid for those who qualify. I was taking a look at the schedule on the radio side of things, and there's there's some openings for to you for you to be on radio right now. As a matter of fact, because of uh, the graduation rate at Illinois Media School, people are graduating, so that means it opens up a slot for you. So if you love sports, or if you love news, or if you love traffic, or if you love uh, in front of the camera behind the camera, in front of the microphone, behind the the microphone, however you like broadcasting, however you look at music or news and and all parts of this genre, I want you to consider Illinois Media School in Lombard. I always say this, and I think it's important. If you go to beonair.com, schedule a visit, walk the campus, find out if it's for you. You have a major that you don't like, or you are in a job that you don't like, and you want to do something different. You know you like sports. That's why you're listening to ESPN 1000, right? You want to be entertained, but you know that, hey, I want to be in broadcasting too. I want to be able to do a talk show like Hood. I want to be able to be behind the scenes and find out how all this works. Get yourself a visit. Go to beonair.com, beonair.com, or call the number 630-916-1700, 630-916-1700 for Illinois Media School, and tell them Jonathan Hood sent you. Tales from the Hood is next. Jonathan Hood. Super hot, hey, give me my respect, give me my respect. I just took it left like on ambidex. I'm on through London with the Euro's death. On ESPN 1000. What do you got there? This is your car. My car? I said a 10-second car, not a 10-minute car. Pop the hood. Pop the hood? Pop the hood. Tales from the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Here we go. Tales from the Hood right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app is brought to you by... The fine folks over at Northwestern Football, Chicago's Big Ten team. Don't miss your chance to watch Big Ten football at Ryan Field as the 25th-ranked Northwestern Wildcats, led by Big Ten Coach of the Year, Pat Fitzgerald, 
host Ohio State, Iowa, and more. Tickets on sale now, nusports.com, nusports.com. Tales from the Hood, stories of sports, entertainment, everything else in between. Charles Arbuckle on some college football coming up at 9.10. And, of course, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday comes your way at 9.30, as it does every Tuesday night, right here on UTH. So here's some stories that are odd. A lot of this is behind the scenes or under the hood. St. Petersburg, Florida, the coolest you keep your... Okay, this is... Let me see what this is from. WTSP.com. The coolest you should keep your house is 78 degrees. I don't know why this is a story now in the middle of the summer, but federal program Energy Star might not have been thinking of Floridians when it made this recommendation. So... Energy Stars, the federal program uh, of the Environmental Protection Agency, said the coolest that you should keep your home is 78 degrees when you're home. When you're at work or away, the program recommends setting it at 85 degrees. When you're sleeping, Energy Star says the thermostat should be at 82 degrees. So let's go through this again. How cool do you keep your house? The new report uh, shows that the recommended temps for energy efficiency when your home is at 78 degrees, 85 degrees when you're at work or away, 82 degrees when you're sleeping. Okay, so first of all, I'm not old and not so old that I need to have my house at 82 degrees while I'm sleeping. Because clearly this is not for the, the summer, this is for the winter. I'm not 85 where I need to have it at 82. I've never had the temperature to 82 when I'm trying to die. And then when 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 I'm at work or away, it should be at 85 degrees. And when I'm at home, it's 78. 78, like, in the winter, okay. I mean, that's maybe the highest, and that might be the extreme. But, Davis, 85 degrees while you're at work or away at 82 degrees when you're sleeping. This report was probably funded by Exelon Corp. Yeah. To get extra money. Because there's no way. I mean, when I'm away from home, it's like 69. Yeah. 69. I mean, I mean, here in the summer, here in, you know, we've had a, a decent summer here. You know, it, at the coolest, it'll be 67, you know, if it's really hot. But not to the point where I'm running it all day because the fan's on. But just the, the idea that it's got to be that high, clearly, you're right. Always follow the money in these stories, right? Absolutely. See, there it is. It just it, like it, the coolest you should keep your house is seventy-eight degrees. That doesn't sound cool. <laughs> Put that on the poll at ESP one thousand. Does seventy-eight degrees sound cool? Does, does that sound like a, a cool temperatures? It's not too cool temperatures. It's crazy. Um, this from West Michigan. Under the hood, behind the scenes, nobody really sees. Two teens. Water skied 62 miles across Lake Michigan from Wisconsin to Michigan. So most teams dream of doing something absolutely epic before going to college. And so Madeline and Brayton made that dream a reality by water skiing across Lake Michigan. One's 18, one is 17. Uh, And they've been friends their whole lives. And so the plan was to be able to take a 62-mile journey. Um, that didn't come overnight. I mean, they thought about this, and finally they came to a, an agreement that they want to do this. Uh, after skiing for as little as two and a half hours, the longtime friends made it to the other side. That's how long it took them, I guess, two and a half hours to go from one side to the other. Um, water skiing for 62 miles. 
I mean, when you're young and you're carefree, I guess that's cool. But man, that's uh, that's dangerous. You better make sure that you got. Uh, <laughs> you got to make sure that you got a good handle. Wow. And the crazy things they had to uh, ski over sharks on the way across as well. Yeah. Have fun with that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just some of the residents in western Michigan. It's not actually an actual shark. (laughs) Um, Let's take a look now at, uh, oh, this story about the Colombian man. Um, So a Colombian man arrested in Spain trying to smuggle cocaine under his toupee. In 2019... You don't need a toupee. If you ha- if you ha- they have all these hair restoration places where it, you don't need top up, top down, right? You can be able to have hair, grow your own hair. You don't have to worry about a toupee. This is in 1979, but a Colombian man was detained in at Barcelona's international airport after a half a kilo of cocaine was found hidden under an oversized toupee. <laughs> Arriving on the flight from Bogota. Or Bogota, uh, the man attracted police attention as he looked nervous and had a large hairpiece underneath his hat. They found a package stuck to his head, about thirty thousand dollars worth of cocaine. <laughs> was he? Was he Oscar Gamble? What kind of fro? Did he have a massive fro? He had a toupee though, with thirty thousand dollars worth of cocaine underneath. Wow. Um, the Colombian was detained at the end of June. Um, gosh, uh, Colombia's uh, global cocaine trade is valued as much as a hundred, what, what, almost ten billion dollars per year. So it happens a, a ton, clearly. But I just, I love this guy, and uh, I see a picture of him here on this on this story. This oversized toupee trying to hide coke underneath it. Oh my God! Brings new meaning to a cokehead. Thanks, thanks so much. Thanks so much. And for that, you can work middays. Um, <laughs> you can you you you're gonna you can go up now. You can go work work nine to noon with that joke. Um, <laughs> man confronted by panhandler who rejected offer for work. A manatee man is taking a stand after offering a panhandler a job. Fox thirteenth. On this particular website here, Fox 13, um, Kimberly Colslon joined Ryan Bray as he stood at the intersection of 75th and West and Manatee Avenue holding a sign to warn drivers not to give panhandlers cash. During the interview, the transient man identified as Bray as one of the rejected uh, that his offer. uh, He says he didn't. He said he did nothing wrong. I mean, so I'm looking at the story, Davis, and this man confronted by a panhandler who rejected an offer for work. Look, if someone is a panhandler and someone says, hey, you know what? I know that you're on doing, going through a hard time. I can you can work for my remodeling business, as it says here. It's up to the panhandler, right? He, maybe he doesn't want to work. Maybe he feels like he's good with just, you know, looking for change. Now, that's his choice. Maybe he makes a good living panhandling. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at this story from Fox 13, and this guy here uh, is, is that, who is that in there? Is is that? You know who it is. Next Why? D- does he not know you're on the air? He does. He's been in here twice. <sighs> it's unbelievable, this guy. We're trying to do a show here, and listen to that. 
Listen to that. Don't hear anything. Thank you. Listen to that. <laughs> this is what we have to deal with every night. This is what we got to deal with. Stosh running the vacuum while we're trying to do the show. Why? He'd, and we tell him every night, hey, 10 o'clock. We're off the air 10 o'clock. You can come right through. Lebertard and two guys don't mind you running the vacuum cleaner. But for our show, nope. It's got to be done now. It's unbelievable, this guy. But anyway, this story here from Bradenton, Florida, how this man confronted by a panhandler who rejected him for work. Look, I would imagine, I think you've heard these stories too, Davis, that there's sometimes where there's been panhandlers that will do this for a living because they feel they can make as much or more by asking for a dollar than actual working. Especially in warm weather places. Yeah. 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 So I just, you know, this guy's at the intersection. And, <laughs> you know, and this person says, hey, don't give the panhandlers cash. And the guy's like, wait, yeah, this is how I make my money. So, yeah. So that's, you know, sometimes I figure one of these days I'm going to be out there panhandling. And I'll probably make as much as I'm making now. About the same. Commensurate to what I'm making right now. <laughs> Get some dollars and some change. And sell some streetwise. About the same. And, and by the way, that panhandling job, tax-free, right? Don't have to have to pay anything. That's the best part of it. And that is Tales from the Hood right here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app. All right, still to come, we'll hear from Charles Arbuckle, his thoughts on college football. Also, we've got Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday coming up at 9.30. All part of the mix right here on UTA. Jonathan Hood. Super hot. On ESPN 1000. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Wherever you download your podcast, look for Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. That's our podcast. If you miss certain segments or miss shows, it's right there for you. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood, whether it's on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you download your podcast, check out Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. That is my podcast. That's where you get all the show content and also content that you might not hear on ESPN 1000. We work a little blue sometimes with the podcast. You can hear that on the Under the Hood podcast as well. We talk college football with Charles Arbuckle, his thoughts about the upcoming college football season and also Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday coming up at 930 right here on UTH. I go like a doctor when I rock the mic, you got to like Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000.